Oh my god, we're back again. Do you want Brothers, me to do Brothers, sisters, I'm a bad... Oh, okay. So you know what I'm doing, right? Yeah, you're doing the, um, the Backstreet Boys song. Can you do that, Brad? Can you do a little... Of course. A little Backstreet? Am I original? Yeah. Good, you did it. I didn't even instruct him. I mean, I was trying to. I was trying to get the sense if I should could do the like a, like the 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 synth line below that. The kind of rules. Which kind of rules? Um. So and this I is um. Only one. Uh, this is the. You're supposed um, to say yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is the podcast on the Backstreet Boys. Am I sexual? Yeah. Oh, great. They're all, they all five are very handsome young gentlemen. It, sure. <laughs> yeah. Everybody seemed to think so in uh, the year 2000. Oh, there's some unfortunate beard stuff happening. Beard is in they have beards on their faces or beards in that they date women to throw people off oh, of the scent of well, that's their a, sexual um, orientation. Mr. Lance Bass, I'm sure did. Correct. Is he, or is, I, is he, an, I guess uh, initially, or, or is he, he's an NSYNCer, isn't he? He's not a Backstreet Boy. No, he was a Backstreet Boy, was right? He? Lance. I and, should know this. I'm yeah, ashamed. I don't know. Lance was an NSYNC. Lance yeah. was an NSYNC? So, yeah. So I wasn't, yeah. So, but, but the question is, was that, was there a beard situation or was he one of those young men who's like, you know, like Liberace, like think, I'm a bachelor and I'm just waiting for the nice, a uh, nice girl to come along. I actually think if you go dig back, he was doing the whole, like I'm a virgin until marriage. Yeah. Thing. Now I, I think could be so. wrong. I might be putting that on him. We'll do a retraction. Cause this is a Backstreet Boys podcast after all. And we don't know anything about NSYNC, but mostly I'm talking about a beard, lo- like a shaved beard and oh, Backstreet Boys. It got well, a little weird in that era. Late nineties into the early two thousands. And, and I paused because technically that's, Still extended to present day. Yeah, uh, yeah. Lots of unfortunate uh, facial hair stuff going on. Oh, for sure. For, for sure. Including all sorts of gentlemen. Remember Ben Affleck's terrible goatee in Chasing Amy? Yeah. And how disgusting oh, that was. Oh, God. When I rewatched Chasing Amy uh, for this podcast so we could fight over it. Yeah. That was one of the worst things oh, about it. Oh, it's upsetting. Yeah, it's very but, bad. Uh, we digress. Or is it oh, digress? Did we, we, we didn't even um, start. What, what could we digress what we from? I'm Rachel Morgan. I'm a Backstreet Boys expert clearly you can see that i'm not though i would like to be and i'm Corey craft i am a boy band novice in general but i heard all those songs on the radio when i was a teenager and he also does have every one direction t-shirt i mean we don't have to get into that get ready for a five minute fight five minute round one fight. fight So this is a five-minute fight, and Brad, just you know what? I'm already bored with this thing, so oh go ahead God. and start the timer. What are we fighting about? We're fighting about the 2002 thriller One Hour Photo, a movie that nobody's thought of in 20 years. Exactly. But you came uh, raring for a Robin Williams fight, and this is a movie that I quite like. Directed by Mark Romanek, the famous music video director who makes uh-huh. his feature debut with this. Uh, and look, this is from Robin Williams, you know, early 2000s dark phase, right? He made the this dark phase. and uh, Christopher Nolan's Insomnia, where he plays a serial killer in like the same year. They came out right around the same time. Everybody was like, ooh, who's this edgy person? Um, but I think that both of those movies and both of those performances from Williams are really successful. One hour photo. 
Uh, stylistically may not hold up. I don't know. I haven't revisited it in quite a while, but I imagine that early 2000s music video style can be grating. Um, but I think at its core, this is anchored by a very quiet, unsettling, convincingly psychotic Robin Williams performance as um, a guy who works in a grocery store delivering, or I'm sorry, de- um, developing uh photographs at one of those you know one hour photo um kiosks and he becomes obsessed with a family which drives him to do some pretty crazy stuff now i don't know why you had a bone to pick with old robin today uh the late great robin williams beloved by all asterisk with the possible exception of my co-host here i'm gonna be honest Uh i you know i i feel like you know, like so many things, Robin Williams is untouchable because, you know, most unfortunate you know, end. And uh, he was a very lovable person. Um, a beloved of, performer who made yes. a lot of really but big hit movies I'm that everybody arguing, likes. And for that reason, I don't want to, I don't feel comfortable arguing, arguing Robin Williams because I feel like everybody's like, don't touch him, don't touch him. Yeah, but, you'll go to jail. Yeah. But personality by cocaine, first of all. Second In of all, the 80s. Second of all, he's kind of got these sort of, this, these two, you know, bad Robin or good Robin. And, and yes, you're right. At this era, he was just like, I want to be the bad guy now. But I, you know, Again, I'm not trying to go down this road because I know I will immediately lose because everybody gets really, you know, bristled up about protecting Robin Williams. And so whatever, y'all, whatever. I'm not – look, The World According to Garp is an amazing film. The Hotel New Hampshire is an amazing film. He's great in those films. And I actually don't think he's the weakest link in one-hour photo. Probably not. I I think the weakest link here is what you said, which is it is is really – I remember watching it at the time and Uh seeing it in the theater and thinking, man, oh, man, this thing feels dated right now. Mm. And if it feels dated right now, it's going to really feel dated, oh, I don't know, in the year 2022 when I argue with my – co-host Corey Kraft about this film it's it's just so dated and it's so 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 typical I do think how old were you when you saw this Corey oh I probably saw it the year it came out so I was probably 15 16 years old I think and you know I'm significantly older than you and so I do think that this is one of those if I had caught it at 14 or 15 I might have been like cool man but this film catching it as a you know film student not good not mm. good. I didn't like it. I don't. I, I don't want to watch it again. I watched. Went back and watched a few clips, and I was like, "Yeah, you were right. This. It's very typical. It's very exactly what you think it is. The stylization is not pleasant. It's. It's um, uncomfortable and ugly and not fun and doesn't hold up. It feels dated. And um, yeah, the score is. I. The score is too much. Mm. It's it's just a, it's one of those very typical like you can guess everything that's going to happen. It's also he's a little like he's either really nasty or it's like watching somebody kick a puppy. There's, yeah, there's sort of two speeds sure. to it. I think Insomnia is ultimately the more effective film and performance um, overall. That's one I have revisited more recently than One Hour Photo. Um, but I, I just I keep going back to that that central performance from him because at the time in 2002, it really, you know, like you said, we we mostly get cuddly, good Robin or bad Robin, but in 2002, we didn't really have much bad Robin. He was America's, you know, wacky uncle from Aladdin and Mrs. Doubtfire and the bird cage. And he was a bundle of mostly family friendly entertainment energy. Uh, And so to see him spread his wings um, after, of course, winning an Oscar for Goodwill Hunting, which is probably the only reason he got to do this, right? Um, But to see him spread his wings and try new stuff, I think, was genuinely thrilling. Again, I can't speak to the stylistic stuff that you're 
mostly arguing against because I haven't seen the movie in forever. Um, I, I imagine that some of that might grate me too. Um, but that central performance, uh, I think, does hold a lot you think of power. This, you think that carries this film? Because this, I do, the film I do. Is, is The film itself is just not good. Mm-hmm. Well, I do, I do intend to revisit it. I like okay. Mark Romanek in general. His music video work is really incredible. Um, and then the film he made after this, Never Let Me Go, in 2010, I think is a masterpiece. I okay. love that film based on a wonderful novel. Um, and that is more stylistically restrained. So perhaps he grew just as a filmmaker between his debut feature and his second feature. And we don't have a third feature yet from old Mark. Oh, boy, he's really prolific. I mean, I do remember getting to the end of his thing and thinking, you've got to be kidding me. Mm-hmm. I, that, that, that came up. Those words came out of my mouth. And I, I went into this one similar to what you're saying like i was like oh this is kind of a good move for robin williams because he has always vibed a little creepy to me yeah you know there is a little creep side there's an edge there was an edge to his persona he can be a creepy old uncle for sure he can play that role and so i was excited for this and i went and was like oh no 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 um will you not revisit this please but but watch goodwill hunting because i think you're gonna like it and i dislike dislike dislike. all right all right i've been intending to revisit so i'm putting that on the air so everybody can hold your ass to it Okay. Sam, I don't know where Sam's going to fall on this one. Actually. I don't either. This is this a is mystery. Anybody's game today. Um, okay, so one hour photo. Um, all right, I do like the fact that Williams plays against type. You are so used to seeing him as kind of the weird, crazy uncle. Um, I like the phrase, it's his dark phase. Um, so if this is bad Robin, it sounds like it's good, bad Robin. I haven't actually seen this, but... Um, I think Rachel nailed it on the head. It's a wonderful Robin Williams performance, sure, but not really a great overall movie. And I guess an indie debut from 2002 from a music video director is going to be a little oddly stylized inevitably, but I think overall here Rachel wins by like two million points. Yep. Sorry, Corey. Hey, it's a good movie, Sam. You should see it one day. Like I was going to go watch it later, maybe, when you were talking about it, Corey, but then Rachel made some good points. I'm like, ah, no. Oh, great. Don't (laughs) don't waste your time with us. There's too many great films to watch. Yeah, that's, I mean, you know, that's fine. I I am disappointed by Sam's decision, but I accept it, and we will move on. I I, I definitely think it's time to move on from One Hour Photo, a film that we're probably the only people in the last decade to have mentioned it. Am I correct, do you think? Well, Robin Williams died less than 10 years ago, so somebody mentioned it then. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe. All right, let's go. Big, big bucks. Today's my day. Let's go. Big bucks. No whammies. No whammies. Big bucks. Big bucks. Here we go. Stop. Well, you know what time it is. And Lightning way- crashes. Oh, no. That's right. Oh, can you sing that whole song? Oh, I don't, God, I, talk about Brad. Talk about a gross song. Yeah. Am about, I wrong? It's pretty graphic. The placenta falling to the floor. Yeah, placenta. Um, <laughs> I think it should be a law that nobody can sing the words placenta ever. I think that's probably safe. I would um, sign on that. I, We're yeah, signing I, in laws here today. I would uh, support that that bill and hope it's signed to law. Um, no, the reason lightning crashes <laughs> is because it's time for the filmmaker lightning round. And yes, that song is one of my karaoke jams. Not a big deal. Ooh, it's um, so gross, Corey. It's but so gross. We're not talking about the band live, although we probably could. What a whiny little bitch. <sighs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> we are instead, though, talking about your boy. My boy, 
Uh, Ed Kowalczyk. No, that's the lead singer of life. Uh, no, my boy, uh, Mr. Stephen King. Now, usually when we do the filmmaker lightning round, we are focusing on filmmakers or people who are predominantly known as being filmmakers. Stephen King has made one film. He's written a couple yeah. screenplays, but most notably, King is beloved and well-known for his work as a novelist of some of the most influential horror fiction of the 20th and 21st century. Yeah. Now, this work has been adapted into great films, terrible films. Many films. Everything in between. The point is... Uh, there is no sign of the Stephen King movie train stopping or even slowing down. We Why have would it? several adaptations coming out this year. Firestarter coming out in May. Uh, a Salem's Lot remake coming out in September. So um, remakes and adaptations. Yeah, re- double remakes, dip in. adaptations. Well, both of those have been adapted. That's what I'm saying. Salem's Lot was a was a TV miniseries, I think, in the seventies. It's also a film, wasn't it? Or was it only? No, a- it, it was it was Toby Hooper. He made it for television. Oh. Um, and then, of course, Firestarter was star- was a, it was a theatrical Drew Barrymore, film yeah. starring Drew Barrymore and George C. Scott as a Native American assassin. Yeah. So, oops. Um, but yeah. the eighties. Yeah. So anyway, too. We were on it. Yeah, we we nailed it. Um, collectively. So anyway, let's talk about the works of Stephen King adapted to the big screen. Absolutely. Now, there are a lot of Stephen King films that no doubt you and I both love, but if you had to narrow it down to one movie that you love, what would that be? You know, I mean, come on. I'm going <laughs> to say The Shining because it is of of the list. We all know, and nobody needs me to sit here and talk this point to death. But it is one of the greatest films ever made. It's one of the greatest films and ever made. Stephen King, of course, doesn't agree that Stanley Kubrick did a, a, a good job with this, but he did an amazing job. It is a masterwork, and it is, uh, I think, will always, as long as uh, the the planet exists, which not much longer, um, <laughs> will be one of the greatest films ever made. Uh, Cosine, obviously, one of my favorite films, one of your favorite films, uh, beloved masterwork. King, uh, of course, doesn't like it because it diverges from the more... From the five thousand page book. Well, I mean, come yeah, on, King. it's a long book, but it's you know, it's it. There, there's substance in the book uh, that that Kubrick kind of elides. So um, he doesn't chew aspirin in the film. Come yeah, on, King, it's, get it, over it. You know, it's it. a personal vision for Stephen, uh, a writer who is struggling with alcoholism, just as he was at the time, um, and Kubrick kind of removes most of that detail but you know it's still a great movie they're both great in their uh, respective media it's so weird media. that he thinks that he removed that detail it's there but he it's his, so there. his central the argument of course is that like scene. that's the whole grady with the bar shit i mean i don't i'm not really getting that his central argument is that jack starts off at 11 and yeah. you know gets marginally more nuts <laughs> from there but is only he's already that's what way we're here nuts. for man King, that's what we're here yeah. for. Yeah, sorry, Steve. Um, kind of disagree with you there. Uh, we think it's a great movie. Um, but for the sake of variety, a movie that I love that is yeah. not The Shining. I mean, Brian De Palma's Carrie is another one of my favorite movies of all time. Well, if we're going there, then I'm going to go with 1983's The Dead Zone. And that's another one of my favorite movies. Great so film. Like, and if Trump wins again, that's going to be on that night. Yep. Yep. So, uh, I mean, when when filmmakers like Brian De Palma, Stanley Kubrick, and David Cronenberg are adapting your work, they're going to make great movies. And that's exactly what happened. It's real. It's real. You know, congratulations. Uh, So, what is a Stephen King 
adaptation or film that you like more than most people? Here we go. Uh oh. Haters, get ready. Uh huh. Because I know that this ends up on worst of list all the time. Oh, I know where you're going. But I legitimately, legitimately, legitimately love Maximum Overdrive, also directed by Stephen King, and I believe based on a You're the English Teacher. Based on a short, short story. Short story called Trucks. Called Summer. Trucks. And I love this film. I love this film as a kid. I continue to love this film. I think it's really amazing. The who shot- made who? See? Little ACDC here today. The shots of the ice cream truck with blood swiped down the side. Yeah. All of it. I mean, I think it's really, really solid. I don't know why people... The opening scene, too, where the drawbridge just randomly goes up. I mean, I, I love this damn film with a soundtrack by ACDC. Who doesn't want to have their face blowed off by power cords and Stephen King and, <laughs> and freaking electric knives that go nuts? And, of course, the one and only very incredibly handsome Emilio Estevez. Of course. Wearing that same white t-shirt from Repo Man, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a great freaking film. Y'all get over it. Y'all quit putting that on a bad list. Uh, yeah, it's a movie that I like as well. I mean, it's cheesy, but it's the best kind of cheese. For and, sure. And so enjoyable. Um, you know, is it what we would call a conventionally good movie? Perhaps not, but it is so much fun that that hardly matters. Don't care. What do y'all want? Yeah. What do you want? It's a and movie also, about trucks coming to life, come trying on. to kill everybody. Not just trucks either. And, and all machines. Just, that's they're right. Just, they're just the, going to really do us in. Uh, dude but, gets killed by a soda machine. Oh, and that scene, that special effects in that scene when yeah. the can hits, that was shocking. I mean, as a kid, I never again bent down and looked in a soda machine. You know what I mean? This yeah. shit is haunting. Yeah. And some of the shots of just like the girl hanging her head out the window with the curling iron cord wrapped oh, around her I know, neck. right? That's it's so freaking fun. amazing. Y'all shut up. Y'all take <laughs> you just take this job and shove it, you assholes. Um, also, Stephen King using an ATM and kind of getting it and, and his cameo there. Yeah, is doesn't the ATM awesome. say like "fuck you"? Yeah, I love it, man. Great. I love this film. Anyway, there you go. So mine's a little bit more obscure than Maximum Overdrive, sure. just because it came out. Right before the real glut of King adaptations, or the recent glut, I should say, a movie from 2007, and it is another short story adaptation called 1408, starring yeah. John Cusack and Samuel L. Jackson. I've seen it. I, we're going to five-minute fight this thing eventually. Oh, I adore this movie. It is a roller coaster of a haunted Sam. hotel room movie. Lots of good scares, lots of clever set pieces, and the action, of course, mostly located to a single haunted as hell room um and you know sam sam jackson isn't in it much but he shows up right at the beginning to be like don't go in that room and john mm-hmm. cusack yeah. is like i'm gonna i'm going and in that uh room. well you know the movie plays out from there Oof. you don't like this movie no it's so good i kind of don't even think it's worth five minute fighting because it's so mediocre that it's not mm. even like i don't feel passionate even man well that's I why i like it more than most people oh, i guess uh, that's fair. you know it's that's good fair, i had fair. a good time with it all right all right, uh, a Stephen King movie that you don't like as much as Uh-oh. most people. Speaking uh, of making people mad, uh-oh. this was my brother's favorite film as a kid, uh, and based on a short story, uh, Stand By Me. Yeah. Dislike. I, cast is great, and you know I love River, but this is not. This to me is a very annoying film, mm. and also I think part of it for me was, and I know this is this is very typical, so. Everybody's going to go, well, of course, of course. But I remember really enjoying it as a short story. Yeah. And not enjoying the film at all. Hmm. Yeah, that's, you know, that happens with him, yeah. right? So that's mine. And I know this is one. I, I'll tell you part of it is it's just such a, it's such a boy movie. It is a, it is a boy movie. 
Um, but a beloved boy movie. Yeah, and now, so hate on y'all, hate on. You'll you'll notice that I'm not offering my opinion here, but we'll come back to it in just a moment. Okay, because oh, this is gonna is this gonna land on your okay? Okay, a movie that I don't like as much as most people. Yeah. This is was this was hard because when it comes to Stephen King adaptations, I'm a sucker and I'm mostly on the higher end of responses to these things. Yeah. Unless they're outright garbage, and sometimes they are. Like that movie Cell. Ugh. Another John Cusack, Samuel L. Jackson movie that mm-hmm. essentially went straight mm-hmm. to video yeah. um, based on one of King's lesser novels. So I had to make a hard decision here. I'm not super satisfied with it, but I will say that there is a growing cult around the 2019 feature Dr. Sleep, the sequel to The Shining. Of course which is there a is. Movie. Everybody who goes to Dragon Con is going to be like, I like Dr. Sleep. Well, a lot of people really like Dr. Sleep. I really like a lot about Dr. Sleep, like Rebecca Ferguson showing up as the villain in that, which is really great. I like a lot of the the Kubrick callbacks. I like Ewan McGregor in the lead. Do but, you like the three-hour runtime? Well, see, that's the thing. Like, I haven't seen the director's <laughs> cut, which, it, which runs three hours. I saw it in theaters. I had to say, you know, be honest and say that the theatrical cut, which is the cut that I've seen, doesn't super work for me, even though I like the ambition. I like the attempt. I also kind of fundamentally don't really like the novel Dr. Sleep, and I don't know that I agree Ooh, with King that uh, there should have been a sequel to The Shining. Um, I suppose if you're going to make a film out of that book, this is as good an adaptation as we're going to get, but since I don't love that book, I have to say I don't really like the, the Dr. Sleep film as much as most people seem to. I really like the director, Mike Flanagan. He does a lot of great stuff. He's made a lot of great great recent horror and television, like the Netflix series Midnight Mass that came out last year. Wonderful show. Uh, but this one, it just didn't do it for me. So sorry, Mike. Sorry, Steve. Dr. Sleep, one I don't like as much, even though I still you know, kind of like it. Mm-hmm. I like things about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. All right. A movie uh, that you need to rewatch. Okay. This is a, there's a lot. Okay. You know, there really are a lot. And I would say... If I had to land on one, I think I'm going to go with 1983's Creep Show. Yeah, I want to rewatch Creep oh, wait, Show too. Hold up, hold up. That's okay. not 1983, is it? It's 80. I, I don't know. It might be 81, 82, 81. or 83. I don't but know. But I would say Creep Show because he's screenplay by Stephen King. Romero. But, yes, but hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Because it's a tie with The Very Strange, and this one is from 1983. The Very Strange Christine. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's John Carpenter again, you know. I rewatched that recently. I think I talked about it on the podcast. Not my favorite Carpenter, but when you get John Carpenter to direct a movie, it's going to look like a million bucks even though it costs like 30 bucks. I also love I would just love to kick this to a psychologist. I mean everything in this thing. It's just it's nuts. Yeah. This film is nuts. A boy in his car. Mhm. He he falls in love. It's a love story. All right, there are a bunch of movies I feel like I need to rewatch, and then one movie that I need to watch for the first time. Oh, I'd like to rewatch Cujo one of these days. Yeah. I have fond memories of it. D. Wallace in that movie. I have fond memories. Yeah, fond of movies Cujo. of D. Wallace and a little boy screaming in terror, being menaced by a Saint Bernard. Great Mother's Day um, film, everyone. And sure. I'm not joking. This is a great Mother's Mother's Day film. I mean, you know, why not, right? Um, but the movie that I need to see for the first time. A movie that I've seen glimpses of on basic cable my whole life, 
but have never sat down to watch I in full. I don't believe my ears. Is Rob Reiner's Stand By Me, which okay. is on the Mount Rushmore of Stephen King adaptations. When you talk to people, they'll they'll tell you it's one of the best coming-of-age movies ever made, one of the best Stephen King adaptations ever made. I love pretty much everybody involved with it. I've read the you know You're gonna the, love the, the novella. I've read you know pretty much everything King has ever written. I've seen pretty much every film adapted from King. I have never seen Stand by Me somehow, despite the fact that it has been around literally my entire life. So you're gonna love it. I'm sure. And I'm sure. I can't wait. Because this is going to be, Sam, another one to go on the five-minute fight list because you're going to feel very passionate about this thing, and I don't care. Well, all right. I'll make a point to rewatch it soon or watch it for the first time yeah. soon so that we can fight about it, um, especially if you're so confident that I'm going to love it. I love really Rob confident. Reiner's other Stephen King adaptation. This film was built for 12-year-old Corey. I'm sorry you missed it. Yeah. At that in that era, I probably saw some of it then. Probably because I'm sure I know I've seen clips of it. I've seen like the there's like a pie eating contest. Yeah. I've seen that. Well, you, you remember I've that seen the, the train film, thing. The book. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, this was Bradley Morgan's favorite. You know, just favorite favorite, which makes perfect sense. Yeah. Boy movie. So one of these days, I'll I'll watch it in full for the first time as an adult, and um, yeah, we'll we'll talk about it then. We didn't even talk about the Shawshank Redemption, which, I'd, according to I'll the internet, is too. oh, I just rewatched that like two nights dislike, ago. Great movie. Dislike I'll fight Sam. Under, Sam. 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 Dislike. We're gonna fight Shawshank. about the Shawshank Redemption. Everybody loves that film. Yeah, because eh. it's great. Eh. Eh. It's just um, it's fine. It's another it's another it's man movie though. It's, it's about movie. masculine friendship also, and the you know, power of hope and you know all sorts of good things in this world. Um, and it's the best. Little raising Arizona thievery too. Um, well, yeah, you know, we didn't, we didn't mention that, which clearly you like a lot, uh, which I don't, but we also didn't m- mention misery. Amazing. Yeah. Film. I just referenced it a second ago. Cause that's Rob Reiner's other Stephen oh, King yeah. film. It's great. Silver bullet. Which Silver I bullet is so much fun. Love. So Fire, much fun. Original Firestarter from 1984, which I freaking love. I haven't seen that in so long. Um, I'm going so to need to revisit great. that. That's functionally. That's another one that's functionally a first time watch because gotcha. it's been so long since I've seen that. It's a good list. It's a, it's a really great list. A strong writer. Um, Mary Lambert's Pet Cemetery, yeah. which is a lot of fun. You got the Ramon song in that. I mean, yeah. what's not to love? I don't like the original. Yet. The miniseries with Tim Curry. Mm-hmm. I have a soft spot for it because I saw that so many times when I was a kid. Is it good? Probably not. It's not. But. It's just a lot of time people sp- spend talking on the phone. Now, do I like Tim Curry as Pennywise? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what's not but, to love? I mean, of course. I mean, the clown stuff is great. I need more clown. He's only in it for like yeah. 10 total minutes of I a three-hour runtime. Um, what about recent It? Liked it. Yeah. Not, not, the, not the second one. Yeah, the I second haven't one seen is, it yet. The second one is nine hours long. Yeah, I haven't and seen boring. it yet. But the first one, first one's 2017, fun. yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. I thought that it was a chapter lot of fun. two, not good, even though you've got uh, Jessica Chastain in it. Newly oh. Academy Award winner Jessica Chastain. Well, then you must like it for that I reason alone. Oh, it's not very Hot good. Hot take. Um, and then we will not acknowledge the fact that The Dark Tower was adapted into a film because that oh, doesn't, we don't exist. Talk about it. doesn't exist. Don't talk about it. All right, that's the Stephen King lightning round. What do you think? Send us an email. 
podcast at sidewalkfest.com. Bye. Bye. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Side Talks. We're your own personal cinematic Cujo and those satanic Rottweilers from the Omen. <sighs> Ooh, I think I would take Cujo in that fight. I think you should take Cujo. It almost was those creepy ass freaking dogs from Borgman, but I didn't think anybody get it. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's slightly more obscure than the Omen. Those are like full size greyhounds or something, but they are yeah. scary as shit. <laughs> anyway, I'll take the satanic Rottweilers from the Omen. It's sure. all for you, Damien. Uh, that's a movie, by the way, that I don't really like. Oh, Sam. So it's a fucking masterpiece, Corey. Are you serious? The Omen? Really? Absolutely. Oh, Sam, man. I feel incredibly passionate about this. And finally, something I like that Corey doesn't. What the fuck? A one-hour photo is great, but I don't like the... I don't think I use the word the omen? great the omen? with one-hour photo. Uh, but get but out no, here. I don't think this the Omen is great. This podcast is over. You promise? <laughs> I'm going home uh, to, to rewatch Girl, bye. Uh, the Shawshank Redemption. Um, okay. Uh, what do we do here at the end? Thank you to Boutwell Studios for putting up with us uh, and making us sound good. Thanks, Brad. Yes, sir. Uh, thanks to our sponsor, Revelator Coffee, delicious coffee. You're really mad. Um, <laughs> thanks to Revelator for sponsoring an opportunity for Rachel to get mad at me as you do most weeks. She just flipped me the bird. Uh, this is a hostile work environment. Uh, who's our HR rep with Call Sidewalk? Shadara. Okay. Um, what else do we say here? Sidewalkfest.com or at Sidewalk Film on social media. That's where you can find showtimes for what's playing at the Sidewalk Cinema. Lots of good stuff coming up at the end of April into May. But one thing I want to highlight, you are going to have one opportunity to see the film memoria getting a very limited roadshow style engagement playing at art house cinemas across the country in week-long special engagements tickets are already on sale for memoria opening may 13th at the sidewalk cinema so get those tickets and see this new tilda swinton movie on the big screen because according to its distributor you will never get an opportunity to see it on home video or streaming. This is your opportunity to see it and who knows if and when it'll come back around. That's all for this episode. Rachel is so angry. She is not speaking another word. So this is Corey craft signing off by saying the omen, not that great. Bye everybody. Batwell studios, podcast division, your words, our expertise.